Welcome back to the Monica Matthew Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. As promised, I told you guys I was going to have a very special guest with me today. And uh, yeah, special sister in Christ, wife, <laughs> mother, author, congressional candidate uh, for John Lewis's district, nevertheless. She also works tirelessly for children's rights and protecting their innocence in the way of their sexuality sexual identification as children she's also assisted in uh in in helping for incarcerated women's rights as well she was also pardoned by the president of the united states angela stanton king is no stranger to life and whenever life gets messy and whenever we need to rise up for the occasion and that's why i call you my sister <laughs> welcome to oh, my show Thank you so much for having me this morning, Monica. What a wonderful introduction. I couldn't have done better myself. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and that is you. And although we fight, you know, over over our spiritual mom, like lovingly, but you know, she's got her hands full with us. <laughs> well, you know, we all have our own relationship. And like I, the only people I allow to tell me that 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 their mom is her actual biological right. children. I am so possessive. <laughs> it's weird, <laughs> but no, I get it. She tells me Angela, Monica is my goddaughter too. <laughs> okay, mom, fine. So you know, see, right. when God sent her people and she sees something in them, that's just kind of part of her character, who she is, and what she does. Amen. Well, knowing that you and for you guys who are like, who the heck are they talking about? We're talking about Miss Alveda King. <laughs> our national <laughs> treasure and yeah and the fact that you know that you are under her covering you know as well as as myself it is a blessing and it is actually it's something that I think the body does not take very seriously so whenever you're out here doing things like what you're doing and what I'm doing but you're like way out there in the public like getting out in the streets rolling up your sleeves and bringing people into some knowledge and uh, coalescing around action in order to take their own health back as sovereign God created and designed individuals. And something you've got uh, scheduled for tomorrow that I wanted to bring you on and talk about is educate and eradicate the truth about COVID-19. It's going to be held tomorrow from 1 to 4 p.m. at the Brooklyn Bank in Brooklyn, New York. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, actually, this is the second educational seminar that we're putting on. Um, something in me, um, just I have a, a, a particular love and affection for the black community, of course. I mean, I'm from the black community. I'm a part of it. I grew up there, but I also changed my life for the better. And I've just been, you know, so hurt by the way the black community has been misled and, and, and lied to by um, a lot of the people that we have been taught that we need to trust. Um, and a lot of them happen to be a part of the Democrat Party. Um, now, I just want to be clear and say that I am not against anyone's right to get vaccinated. I think that if someone wants to do that, then that is their right. The whole purpose of our seminar is to make sure that we are informing the black community about 
the information that they need to have in regards to COVID. You know, a lot of the stuff that we see being censored, we see doctors being censored, we see pages being taken down. It's like they're only allowed to have one side of information. And in the process of, of critical thinking and decision making, you know, we need to have as much information as we can to make sure that we aren't doing things that will do more harm than good. So the whole purpose of this tour is to take experts, right, from the medical field, the legal field, and also community leaders and advocacy experts directly to the black community. So we're going into the hood, we're going into the trenches, we're putting on this educational seminar, we're giving them all of the information that they need in regards to COVID, preventative measures, things that they can do to protect themselves, and we're also answering a lot of legal questions that people may have. You know, everyone, you know, has certain reasons. Some have um, prior medical conditions where they have adverse reactions to the vaccine. You have some people that have religious reasons for not wanting to get the vaccine. And they want to know, hey, with all these mandates that are coming down, what are our rights? And I think that it's important for me and my organization to make sure that we are informing the black community and getting them woke on this issue. Right. You know, I've watched them burn down communities across this nation, you know, in the fight for saying black lives matter when there is an officer involved shooting with the black person. However, I'm trying to get the black community activated in in this fight when we say my body, my choice, and there isn't an innocent life involved other than our own. That's right. And also involved in this fight, because of the simple fact that they need to understand just what their rights are and what they can and cannot do when it comes to this mandate. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think a lot of people, I've been covering this a lot this week, that a lot of people don't understand the difference between a mandate and a law. And, right. Right. And, that, and that's really important. So I, I hope you guys are going to address that because you know we hear look we get on flights and that little flight attendant wielding her little whip up there you know by according to federal federal law and i'm like y'all are a federal law lie this is not a federal law there's not there's a mandate there's a presidential attempting to be a mandate for everyone to wear masks and have to be vaccinated and trying to shove it through any way they can and a lot of people don't understand what their rights are and so they're not standing up for them And I'm so glad that you brought that up, Monica. And that's why exactly why we're taking this tour to the inner city community. So they know exactly what their rights are. They do need to know the difference between a law and a mandate. And that's why we have our legal panel, which is full of attorneys and legal experts that can explain, you know, that process to them and what they can do and what is within their own rights. And I just think that, you know, this is something that we all stand together on, you know, this isn't about, you know, politics. This isn't about black or white. It isn't about, you know, religion. This is about just humanity and the right to be able to decide. So it's just kind of hypocritical for us to hear so many people saying on the left, you know, my body, my choice, when we know that it's not the woman's body, because if it was her body, she would be the one being terminated during the abortion procedure. They are actually literally having the right to end another person's life. But when it comes to us in our own lives, they're not even giving us a choice to even go by the advice and the um, the, 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 the information right. that are provided to us from our medical professionals that know our history, that know whether or not this would cause an adverse reaction. That's right. So the fact that people are losing their jobs and 
And what we, we have to ask this question, and that's kind of why I started my, my, my new show to ask you. When COVID first hit last year, Monica, we sat back and watched, you know, all of these celebrities. And, and I can name a few like D.L. Hewley, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Hanks and his wife, Idris Elba, um, even uh, Chris Como. They all caught COVID and right. were told that they needed to go home and quarantine. Well, after 14 days, they didn't have any medicine or any vaccine. And there was something inside of their body right. that healed them from this virus. So if they were able to, if the body is able to heal itself, right, in, in a process of just being separated for 14 days, how do we go from quarantining home alone to a <laughs> mandatory vaccination across this nation? And right. that's the question that, that no one has seems to answer. Yeah, I think you'd have to follow some money trails on that one. (laughs) I think that's how we answer that question. And I'm laughing, but it's true. And you know it's true because you've had to deal with politicians. And this whole thing, uh, as far as this is my personal opinion, I do believe COVID is real. I have never discounted the fact that we have a virus on our hands. I also realize how politicians work. And I realize how palms are greased. And I I realize how economies are... Uh, deflated and entire nations are imploded over things of this nature. And I think that's what we see happening, ge- happening geopolitically right now. So it's what your work is extremely important. And I want to point something out, you know, a lot of times what I see, and I, and I talked with you about this briefly last night, what you see happening right now is black lives matter has officially taken the stance that they are taking exception to, and they've shown up in New York as well to say, listen, uh, we've had, we, this is a race profiling issue now that you're kicking blacks out of your restaurants for not having vaccine cards. And they've kind of taken the approach, which has historically been their approach, which is, okay, fine. This is how you want to play it. We're going to bring the fight to you and we're going to write, right. But you're not, that's not your message. That's, that's not what well, you guys are doing. Well, we don't write, but when we do all things in peace, I mean, gosh, our godmother would absolutely hang me herself. Hello. I mean, there's no <laughs> way we are, we are nonviolent, of course, and we're just looking for information. Right. And so we are not in any type of way taking the approach that, that Black Lives Matter takes, although we may agree on this one issue. And right. this one issue that is, is that this is medical apartheid. And I'm glad that you brought that up because you know, back in the day when they had us separated and segregated, it wasn't just because of race. It was because they looked at us like we were dirty. And so you had the clean and the unclean. And today we see the same thing thing with the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. A lot of these restaurants, even in our own hometown of Atlanta, Georgia, Argosy restaurant, which is right over there off Moreland, Mm -hmm. they used to be a predominantly black area. They came in, they remodeled, they gentrified the area. Now it's predominantly white. They know that only 28% of the black community has willingly taken the vaccination. So there is a a 72% that has not. So that gives them the right to say, hey, well, you can't come in here and dine or you can't, you know, come into this doctor's office. You have to go somewhere else. But I bet you Planned Parenthood isn't requiring mandatory vaccination. Hello. Yep. <laughs> I bet you're right about that. I bet you are right about that. And I'm glad you said that because that's actually what kind of stoked my curiosity to bring you on talking about medical apartheid. That, that is a, 
that is a man that that is a mouthful that 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 is like that is bam that that is the that's the definition of what's going on like that's the definition of what's going on medical apartheid now others would disagree with you listen i saw that clip that nearly made me sick to my stomach watching this i believe it's the third uh episode of uh of project veritas dealing with these uh, i believe it's their pfizer employees and undercover yeah. right and they're talking about using darts no dart dude yeah. what i mean no I'm darts. In the, it is just crazy just, uh, it is and it's right like uh here in your face and people are trying to act as if they don't see it right but that's why i've taken the initiative with the support of of some awesome patriots including frontline doctors that are helping to to fund this 10 city tour so that we're able to go into these communities and not only educate right our communities to, right. to the rights of, of their own bodies but also to eradicate medical apartheid. And the way that you eradicate things is through education. That's right. People need to have the information. They need to know. They need to understand. They need to realize. And we're also making sure that they are equipped with the resources that they need. And we're also building a coalition. Good. That's right. There's power in numbers. And I always tell people, there's more of us than there are of them. And the Lord's already told us that he who is in us is greater than he who's in the world. So, yeah, amen. So yeah. And so I, I absolutely believe that you've got Dr. Stella Emanuel, you've got Kevin Jenkins, Kwame Brown, you've got King uh, Cam, Tony X, uh, Joe Rose, and Trisha uh, Lindsay. Is that all on this bill for uh, tomorrow? That's on the bill for tomorrow. Okay. They will be joining us. And also Dr. Carrie Madej. Okay. So Dr. Carrie Madej, she is just absolutely phenomenal. And Dr. Simone Gold and Dr. Henry Ely, Dr. Aleem, they joined us at our panel in Atlanta on September 11th. And when we leave New York after tomorrow, we are headed to L.A. And then after L.A., we are going to Chicago. So we are hoping that people out there will definitely support this initiative and just give us, you know, the, just put the gas in the car so we That's can right. go everywhere we need to do, go and do everything that we need to do when it comes to this fight that we can all agree on. And, and I think the bottom line here is understanding that, you know, we are not trying to oppress anyone's right to do anything, but we also want to have the freedom to make our own choices as well. And we don't want to be treated as if we are dirty or unworthy or unwanted That's right. just because we have questions in regard to the effectiveness of this vaccination. Sure. Yeah. No, amen to that. Hey, where can people, can people live stream tomorrow as well? Where can they do that? Yes, we will be live streaming. I would advise everyone to visit the website, which is the AKF dot O-R-G. So it's the an American King Foundation, so short for American King Foundation, the AKF dot org. Please visit our website, register. You all will receive a link to watch the video live stream. And we also have videos up from our other events as well that are very informative. Okay, excellent. You're headed to L.A. next. All right, we'll keep up with you. And, hey, come back. Give me some reports. Let me know what's happening out on the streets. How are people receiving this? You know, if you've got some audio from people, pass it my way. I would love to pass it to my audience. We're all cheering for you. And don't be cheap, y'all. This looks this takes time and talent and treasure. So go to the website, and I'll remind them again 
in after we hang up of where to go and how to donate and all of that. All of this takes money. It takes effort. It takes courage. And I just, I want to commend you, my dear sister, that God knows you've been through it. I mean, like three lifetimes of it. So thank you. (laughs) And I I thank God, all glory to God that you're still here and, you know, and you're, you're, and you're passionate, like you're not beat down by everything that's happened to you. You're just like this stalwart of like strength. And I know that comes from the Lord. I know it does because we've both been in the crapper together <laughs> recently, right. right? And the Lord has just like brought us both up. And and I just thank God for you. And I want to bless you and your endeavors and keep you safe, keep you sound, keep you healthy, keep you filled with joy, and that your name is out of the mouth of your enemies and that God goes before you and he goes behind you with a head of protection and every person who's a part of your team. And I thank you for bringing this country together. We love you. Amen. Thanks so much, Monica. I'll talk to you again. Okay. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the world. There are a lot of people doing great things and we're not, you know, you're not always privy to it because there's so much information that just barrages you right every day. You can't even keep up with the attacks from the enemy. And whenever I say the enemy, I'm talking about the devil. Now, listen, speaking of the devil. So I happened to hop on Twitter last night, very late into the evening, and saw where a few people were uh, tweeting that the FBI has uh, contacted, where am I? I'm trying to find this right now. The FBI got, long story short, Proton Mail, right? That's a place where everyone's like, oh, we're going to run over here so we can have private conversations. And unfortunately, anytime you are advocating for privacy at this point, there's like a target that's immediately put on your back because, or your forehead, because what they, what, what they, huh, uh, what the enemy says is, oh, you, I mean, forget about your constitutional rights. If you're espousing privacy, you must have something to hide. Because that's how the enemy works. There's no sovereignty. It's the same thing that Angela's working on right now is establishing the truth that blacks, whites, Hispanics, Asian, all, all created beings from all tribes and tongues have sovereign rights that have been endowed by our creator. Not every constitution abides by that across the globe. Obviously, that's why people flock here. But guess what? Apparently, we're not abiding by that either, as you can see. Our constitution has legitimately become as 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 worthless as, you know, tissue paper at this point by proximity of this runaway um, judiciary, government, and and even saying that is dangerous because what that says to people at the FBI, DHS, is that it, I'm an anti-governor uh, or government uh, person who is fanning the flames of anarchy. And nothing could be possibly further from the truth where I am personally concerned. I can't speak for other people, But nothing could be further from the truth. And I'm not going to spend any time defending myself in that because you can listen to any of my shows and know exactly where I stand within the kingdom of God. I believe government is a godly construct. I just do. And let me tell you, my libertarian friends do not like me very much when we have these conversations. A, because it involves God, and B, it involves government, right? But I believe there's a godly approach to governing a body of people, 
and it was prescribed in the word of God, period, full stop. And this tyrannical mess that we, that we find ourselves in right now is just nuts. So Proton Mail, Swiss-based company, you know, uh, uh, espouses, hey, we're, uh, we, we don't keep track of anything you do. No ISPs, tra- no ISP tracking, your internet service protocol. So that's your address. For those of you who don't know what that is, it is your address. It goes directly to your computer, to your phone, whatever. All right. That's how they, it's like your tracking device. It's your GPS, if you will, online. And so they're saying, well, we don't keep records of any of that. We don't, we, everything's encrypted end to end. We're in Switzerland, blah, blah, blah. And fun fact, any communications that come, they go out of this country and come back into this country to a foreign country is subject to NSA, you know, I'm not going to call it snooping because I got to tell you, I don't like talking about these agencies as if they are the devil. I don't because I have friends in these agencies. I really don't like that kind of rhetoric. I don't. I, I'll be really honest with you. I don't. I never have. And I understand that the upper echelons of, of, of these agencies a lot of times have nefarious intent. That's obvious. It's been all, this isn't the first broadcast to, to espouse that. Certainly won't be the last, I'm sure. Not till we're on the other side of heaven. But the people who work in the ranks and, you know, people in the field offices, you know, these guys, I hear from people in field offices and they're like, we don't know what the hell is going on up in D.C., but we don't want any part of that. That's not who we are as an agency. We're, we're just as embarrassed as the American people. You know, they're subject to the same crap that we are, for that matter. I mean, it is a mess. Mess. M-E, capital M-E-S-S. Okay? And so what do they do? The FBI goes to, apparently, they have subpoenaed over 200 conservative accounts on Proton Mail. Now, I don't know what they're looking for. I have no idea. Uh, I don't know if I'm on that list. I, I, have, no, I, I have no clue uh, what that's all about, um, what they're trying to string together. Um, that was just, that was the Twitter, that was the tweet last night on Sebastian Gorka's, uh, Twitter feed that the FBI has subpoenaed Proton Mail, uh, for the accounts of over 200 conservatives. Right. So it's like this large net that they're attempting to cast. And I got to tell you, that is, um, that, that is, it's not even that it's scary, it is it is filthy. It's vile. It's just dirty. If you're not in pursuit of of actually protecting the United States from a viable threat, and I and when I say viable, let me tell you, I, I went to Twitter this morning and asked my friends, I'm like, hey, can someone define for me how the FBI defines domestic terrorism? And, you know, because this is a huge campaign of theirs right now, right? Against white supremacists and extremists who are Christian, religious extremists, uh, conservatives, Trump supporters, election result deniers. Um, you know, I mean, gosh, I would venture to say that over 80 million people uh, are probably on a domestic terror terror terrorist list if that's if that's the measuring stick by which the FBI and DHS and other agencies are measuring who's a criminal right now and that that is it's absolutely unacceptable it's ungodly it is grotesque 
to espouse that white people, Christians, Trump supporters, conservatives, people who see the evidence coming out now and have seen the evidence since November 4th, who could legitimately look at their television screen and know that when all the counting stopped, something was a little off with that, not because we're all following Trump to the land of Oz. I mean, we are thinking rational human beings, right? So two plus two really is four. But it is. It's vile. It should be illegal. And constitutionally, I would imagine it is illegal. And actually, there are several constitutional uh, uh, rights that are being infringed upon with all of this. And you, someone said today, well, what about privacy? I'm like, what privacy? Some things really are a theory at this point. Or what they've done, if you go to um, whitehouse.gov, I'm trying to find the actual, I mean, you tell me, you know, I could sit here and read you the definition. It'll be as clear as mud as it was for me earlier today in their definition. And honestly, I'd like to bring director Ray onto my show. I'm not kidding. I'm not being funny. Like, listen, I'm, I'm a woman who, uh, appreciates law, who respects law, who thinks that law should be abided by, but I, you can't keep moving the goalposts around who gets to decide that thought and emotion and expression thereof. I mean, you know, I have 87,000 followers on Twitter. I'm not responsible for what you guys do unless I'm actually calling you to some kind of craziness. You know, if I'm summoning you to violence, but individually, that is still your choice to show up. And sure, as a personality with a public platform, um, I am held to a higher standard even in the kingdom of God for that matter. And his standard far surpasses the FBI, for God's sakes, or DHS, or the White House. You know, but we're all human. We all have emotions. We all have opinions. And in this country, those things have been okay. Until I believe, I mean, according to most of my followers, it was until the Obama administration when all of this became weaponized. Your feelings, your thoughts, dissent. You know, we've been making fun of the KJ, the KGB and the, uh, the USSR, you know, we're, we're going to communism. I'm like, my daughter reminds me frequently, you know, that no, we've skipped communism. We, we've skipped socialism. We're legitimately involved in fascism. Legitimately. And so here, here's like a portion of, of on whitehouse.gov. It says the U.S. government is committed to strengthening trust in American democracy and its ability to deliver for the American people, including through relief and opportunity provided by the American uh, Rescue Plan, the American Rescue Plan, huh? and the American Jobs Plan, and the American Families Plan. I mean, listen to this. It's like rescue. Well, Jesus already did that for me. Jobs. He told me. He gave me a skill set. He gave me talents and gifts. Told me if I don't work, I don't eat. The American Families Plan, well, here's something simple. You know, have a husband, have a wife, have children if you desire or don't, or don't have a husband and a wife. But if you're talking in the in the context of families, you know, I'm, I'm clear on what my fundamental family structure is. If your family looks different from mine, I don't hate you for that. Why would I hate you for that? Why would I fear you? Why would any part of you become something phobic in me? I mean, this is, I don't, I don't abide by this. I will not be defined by these terms, period. And you shouldn't be either. 
The U.S. government will also work to find ways to counter the polarization often fueled by disinformation, misinformation, and dangerous conspiracy theories online. Supporting an information environment that fosters healthy democratic discourse. In implementing this strategy and at the direction of President Biden, we will remain focused on addressing violence and reducing the threat of violence while vigilantly safeguarding peaceful expression of a wide range of views and freedom of political association. Now, I don't know about you, but my pastor told me if someone's speaking to you and you don't understand what they're saying, quit listening. Because what you have is a forked tongue at work. And if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to figure out which way is up on the milk carton, this right here has got the milk carton upside down, sideways, in an octagonal shape. I mean, this is as clear as mud, which is exactly how it is intended to be. And so I'm being very serious when I say, and I know a lot of you have issues with Director Ray, and apparently as things are unfolding, rightfully so, okay, but I'm a huge proponent of allowing people to explain themselves because it's important. And so I would love to formally invite Director Christopher Ray onto my show to explain what this means so that as law-abiding conservatives, we know how to abide by the law. That's not mushy. It's not muddy. It's not gray. It, it, it's not hologramic. You know, it's none of that. That it's very clear. Now, I thought the Constitution did that for us. I thought that was very clear, right? But in the era of domestic terrorism or terrorism in general, it's always been my understanding with regard to terrorism. And again, I'm not a constitutional scholar. I'm not part of DHS. I'm not part of the national security apparatus. You know, I'm just your typical American who's like, huh, okay, well, do I, it, not do I feel threatened, but is, is there a legitimate threat against someone's life or liberty? I mean, that, that, that to me is my basic premise from which I operate when it comes to this, things of this nature. You know, is someone attempting to take my life, thwart my life, my freedom, others, right? That to me is terrorism. Me telling you that, you know, I, I believe this way, um, I subscribe to this particular ideology, um, I believe that there were irregularities, uh, <laughs> it, that's putting it mildly, in, a, in, a, in an election, and this isn't the first election I've said that about, by the way, or I, you know, any, any opinion I have, right, um, any feeling I have on something, Right. I mean, I'm not holding up a a severed head of the president that's bloodied. I remember someone doing that. Was she was she arrested? Was she investigated for domestic terrorism? I mean, I'm curious. You know, this was the scene around the world. It was embarrassing as hell. It was vile. It was filthy. It was demonic. It was not funny at all. 
I don't remember her being hauled in front of Congress. So I wonder if her phone records and her communications were ever monitored. You know, I mean, what's fair is fair. That was a that was a depiction of this is what should happen. Ha ha ha. He he to the sitting president of the United States of America by a comedian, nevertheless, who spent four years hating on him with vile, the most vile things you can imagine. Not to mention, you could go on anyone on any pundit's thread from the past four years, and every one of those people have been guilty to some degree or another of espousing lies. I mean, legitimate, dangerous lies that just fueled the fire of the division of the country. And that was their uh, supposed alleged intent. I don't know. I wasn't, who knows? I wasn't in their head. Apparently the FBI is good at that. You know, I'm wondering, are we using things like, you know, Dianetics at our FBI interrogations? Like, or whenever we're, you know, I mean, I'm serious, you guys. This is, this is serious stuff. And you cannot allow people to assign a value to you that is not yours. You cannot allow people to assign an identity to you that is not yours. I don't care if you're black or white or purple or green. If it's not your identity as God created you to be, if you are innocent until proven guilty, that's what you stand on. And we do still have a constitution. I realize No one seems to be abiding by it at the moment. And we go through this since, I mean, it is truly amazing. And again, I said yesterday, it wasn't until the last four years of Obama, because mind you, I have been extraordinarily apolitical my entire life until I was asked to start writing for various judges for their election campaigns. And I love writing and I love people and I love studying people. And I wrote for campaigns. And I thought, huh, okay, well, this is interesting because, you know, here's politics, I guess. And then I got involved in a few campaigns, one in particular that just completely turned my stomach and I got out of it altogether. And I thought, well, I'm not going to keep writing for somebody who doesn't even believe what I'm writing in order to sway his constituency uh, in a direction. And they believe he's one person when I know for sure privately, he's a completely different person. And there are a lot of them out there like that, as you see right now. Candidates do it all the time. They lie through their face about who they are and what they care about. They're worse than teenage boys on their first date. Sorry, and I love boys. But, I mean, not boys, you know what I'm saying. Oh, Lord, here we go. You know, I love men. But y'all know what I'm talking about. And I have always assigned that to politicians And before I go off into a whole set of weeds, I just want to say again, I'm very proud of Angela's work. She got out here and got in the middle of of the GOP fanfare, you know, uh, with a heart for people. She had no idea what politics was about and coming out of the entertainment world and all kinds of stuff, you know, it's like, yeah, well, this is the greatest theater you will ever contend with. But in what makes it so sad and disheartening for people who are new to, to, to politics in general is that people are just liars and thieves all day, all day long in these circles. Not, not everyone, but I would say about 90%. 
you've got 10% of them who are actually decent human beings who want to run campaigns, run them well, serve the people, you know, vet candidates who are actually law abiding, who understand the heartbeat of America, who want liberty and justice for all, equality for all, opportunity, all of that, right? Freedom. There's about 10%. I cannot speak for the left at all, but I'm just speaking for, that's right, throwing my own people under the bus. So there's plenty, there's not enough buses to go around for people on the right who are just as scandalous as people on the left. This is not a partisan issue. It is a human issue. So please go to Angela's website and assist her in her efforts. Uh, This is, you know, listen, you're not only helping Angela. You do know that, right? And I'm so passionate about this, particularly because I see the church as a minister. It really bugs the fire out of me when I see the church up in pulpits espousing lies. You know how they do it with stuff like this, where where they believe they've they've taught the black church particularly will say, and I've been to many of them because I grew up singing in them. But I'll never forget one mega church pastor who is no longer with us, who will remain nameless. And I went to his church for the first time and it's like, man, like 5,000 people there. There were so many people there and that place was on fire. And I don't know if it was godly fire though, because by the time I left, I was like, huh, someone said, well, how was it? And I said, well, I gotta tell you, um, everyone was very, you know, friendly and, and he seemed to be on fire and, you know, but I, but that my takeaway was that the message of the gospel was very um color centric it was very ethnic and i and i and i didn't really understand that as a white person some of you would say that's my privilege okay you you're allowed to say that and i'm allowed to disagree i think it's just i i was as someone who sees the gospel as uh colorless because as our godmom is always teaching us there's only one race so i legitimately rolled up in there with one race on my mind and realized that that the gospel was being was becoming a cultural declaration of of take back but not just because the kingdom says for for all kingdom dwellers no matter what tribe or tongue you come from that there's an inheritance across the board for those who come to Christ for those who come to God through Christ, there is an inheritance, right? But this inheritance message was a little different because it was still slightly divisive and that it put the onus on the white man for keeping people down. Now, you're you're listening to someone who understands that there's a whole bunch of systemic stuff that I understand. When I say systemic, I'm talking historical and things that are still biases that reside in people's generational cellular level, their thought patterns, their feelings. Some people don't even know why they have a bias toward things, legit. And it's because it's a generational pattern. And that's true for blacks, whites, Latinos. It doesn't matter. It is part of our sin uh, patterns generationally 
that kids are born sometimes. I love those little memes. They're like, you know, children are not born racist. And I'm like, well, no, but sometimes, you know, think about this. Some people are afraid of dogs. They're afraid of water. They're afraid of the moon or the star. They have no, or they're afraid of, you know, certain things. And they don't know why. Nothing's ever happened to them. And it's my understanding and my training that on a cellular level, you have memory that's passed down. You just do. And the Bible says so. I didn't write it. I believe it. Science tells you that. Look at your gene patterns, right? And so there are biases that are passed down that are not always necessarily nurture. Now, some of you will disagree with that vehemently, but it's been my personal experience. That's it. That's all I got is my personal experience with folks in ministry and my personal experience with their liberation according to the gospel. So I took exception to, I mean, I got it because I was like, okay, all right, historically, I understand what he's talking about, but man, wouldn't it be beautiful if the, if the gospel, again, some of you, you know, might think I'm, you know, burping unicorns and butterflies and bubbles right now, but as a white person, but I'm just telling you how I felt and being totally honest with you. Uh, and I'm, what I'm thinking while I'm sitting there is, huh, this is interesting. Now, those same Pastors, now I want you to follow me here. Follow me for just a minute. Don't leave me. Okay? Those same pastors right now will use that same scripture to tell you the first shall be last and the last shall be first. And you know how they do it? They will tell you as black people that you've always been last in this country and now is your opportunity to be first. Sign up for your vaccination, for this, for that. And, and without even thinking and because you love your pastors, you love Jesus, you love the word of God, you're just like, well, okay, yeah, ha, we're finally first with something. Do you see how that can be extraordinarily cunning? I'm not kidding, you guys. Angela's out here doing some serious work. And I commend her for it. Because if there, if there's any... Oh, Man, if it's not blacks, if it's not gays, if it's not women, you know, I mean, any opportunity the enemy of life and love and liberty has to divide us, to marginalize, to classify us, all of that, he will absolutely pounce on that opportunity to do so. And this right here, this period in time in our country, across the globe for that matter, it's disgusting what we've allowed ourselves to fall into vaccinated versus unvaccinated. You know, I'm, I don't subscribe to that. I'm not afraid of unvaccinated people. I'm not afraid of vaccinated people. I'm not going to be the one, you know, telling on people who have or have not been vaccinated. I just, you know, and if that puts me on someone's list, spell it with two T's. It's Matthews. But I'm just not. She's not going to do it. Some things are just godly and some things are not. And some things are just clear. So here's what I'm clear about. I need you to help Angela. And you can do that by going to www.theakf, as in Frank, dot org. Okay? akf.org, as in Frank, dot org. Theakf.org tomorrow. She will be live along with the cast of uh, professionals and experts that she mentioned earlier. 
And it will be tomorrow, October 2nd, from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the Brooklyn Bank. That is at 896 DeKalb Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11221. Again, 896 DeKalb Avenue, Brooklyn, New York, 11221. RSVP at www.theakf.org. I do hope that you guys have a beautiful weekend. You know I love you. Thank you for joining me today. This was special for me to have Angela on. And, uh, you know, take all things into consideration and, and hand them over to the Lord. Enjoy your families this weekend. Take some peace. Take some time off from being online and frustrated and all that. God's still on the throne, and he is clearly making his way through Uh, through some justice, right? All right, be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.